0: This episode of Talk Your Book is proudly brought to you by Honan, providing a complete range of insurance, risk, and financial solutions. Yeah, yeah. Fundy's called me up, told me to take a look, but stay stopping as bulls that talk their own book. Get the money, get the money, get, get the money. Hi, I'm Chris Judd and this is Talk Your Book, and today we're joined by Joseph Constable from Hancock & Gore. Joseph, thanks very much for making your Talk Your Book debut. Pleasure, Chris. Thanks for having me. And, uh, and what stock did you uh, want to talk about today, Joseph?
1: I'd like to talk about Po Valley Energy, uh, ASXPVE, which is a, a natural gas producer in Italy.
0: And when we talk about Hancock and Gore, are you a natural buyer of resource companies or are you a generalist fund that invests across all asset classes?
1: Yeah, we're, we're a generalist fund. So we're actually a listed company ourselves. HG is the ticker. And we invest in, in a range of companies, both private and ASX listed um, in all sectors. And I also run a fund called the HG High Conviction Fund, uh, Ticker HCF, which is a listed investment company focused on ASX. Listed microcaps, um, but not a not a specific bent on resources, but really looking for value um, and where other institutions aren't looking.
0: And we'll get into Po Valley in a in a minute. But I, I noted that you're actually on the Po Valley board as well. Is that an unusual uh, situation for you, where you jump on board an investment company, or is that something that, that you guys do quite regularly?
1: Yeah, that's that's part of uh, what I'd probably call our value add is that we do really like to be. Um, active investors and really, it's a very concentrated portfolio for us. It's about 10 core holdings. So we know them really well. Uh, We like to be invested for five, five years plus. And sometimes that does involve joining the boards and being part of um, rolling out a certain strategy. So that's something that we really do, do enjoy uh, doing and engaging
0: with. And Poe Valley is a small company. There'd be plenty of uh, investors that haven't heard of it. Give us the the 10,000 foot view of, of Poe Valley and, and what they're up to.
1: Yeah, Pearl Valley has actually been listed for some time um, in the, in the uh, 2000s, late 2000s. It acquired a portfolio of natural gas assets in Italy, and it acquired them post the liberalisation of, um, of gas uh, by the EU, which happened in the, in the early 2000s, um, and it's, it slowly developed those over time. And these were all assets owned by the oil and gas giant ENI, which was formerly a government um, company. Um, and so it's slowly produced from these assets and spun them out and it's got a few final core assets which are actually the biggest and most prospective uh, gas fields which are ready for production And the first one should come on of those um, early next year
0: and europe's energy crisis has been well documented there's only real two viable options to solve an energy crisis is to increase domestic production or to be able to buy the the commodities in your own currency, which Italy obviously doesn't have the ability to do. Do Have you seen a a real push over in Italy to to change the way they view domestic gas and oil production given what's happened in Russia this year?
1: Yeah, it's it's really interesting and I've followed it obviously very closely and it's been an enormous change. Um, And it actually really started to take place uh, in February, 2021. And that was when a new government came in uh, with Mario Draghi as head, um, and they really started um, yeah, accelerating approvals. So we'd been waiting on approvals for some years for our um, our assets, and as soon as they came in, they were very forthcoming, and we got our environmental approval. And gas prices actually started going up, and this is before the Ukraine war. Um, slowly in early 2021, and this was when there was this tension about Nord Stream 2 coming on in Russia, um, from Russia to Europe. Uh, and so as that started to happen, the government became a lot more focused on, on um, this domestic production. But it was only recently, and this is, and I say really in the last few weeks, since the new government's formed, um, and this is uh, Maloney as prime minister, they've actually really come out and said, we want to double national production. Um, and we want to start focusing more on the Adriatic, some offshore assets um, to get production up there. Um, and Pearl Valley actually has a big uh, asset in the Adriatic. So that is a massive change. Um, and it shows that, yeah, as you said, they can't really buy um, gas necessarily in their own currency, but shoring up domestic production is crucial when they had historically been reliant on Russia for 40% of their gas. And um, gas actually accounts for more than half of their um, energy production. So it's, it's been a big, big change in in the operating environment. And of course, it's very positive for us.
0: And whilst Italy is very much a first world country, it probably doesn't have the best reputation in terms of, you know, for businesses dealing with, with their governance systems over there. Is it a case now where the energy crisis is so significant that it overwhelms perhaps some challenges businesses have had in the past dealing with government and Governance structures in Italy?
1: I think that's the case. And I specifically can talk about what the environment's been like for a gas company like us. And it hasn't been easy. And you know, you can just look back at um, Her Valley's performance over the last five years or so. Um, and between June 2018 and, and Feb 2021, when there was um, the Five Star Movement was in power, they were very much put a, put a freeze on new business, and, and we had say environmental approvals for coming, um, but they just didn't go anywhere. And of course, very frustrating for, for PVE and for shareholders. Uh, but really, a big change, not just as I said, really from, from February 2021, we saw a big change because of that government and Mario Draghi, the former president of the European Central Bank, clearly very much more business oriented and business friendly. and that. That um, spirit has really remained with the new government. Um, But of course, being in an energy crisis has really pushed that along quite a bit. So there's, yeah, working in a completely new gear where things historically might have been quite slow and difficult. Um, To put it into context, we were waiting for those approvals for uh, nearly three years. And then when this new government came in in February 2021, about two months later, we received the approvals. Uh, We received our final production concession just a few months ago and things things are really moving. Um, And it's a a very big change.
0: And so let's maybe dig into the Podemer well, it's upcoming, it feels like a good place to start. Um, Mm. It sounds like you've got full production approval and and hopefully ready to produce first gas in the first half of next calendar year, is that right?
1: Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. So um, the Podemer well is part of the Selva onshore gas field and that's near Bologna Um, and that was drilled in um, January of 2018. It was very, very successful drill, um, and really good flow rates. Got up to about north of 100,000 cubic meters uh, per day in that. So we, the company was really happy with it, um, and it's so these are proven and probable reserves. The actual field has been um, produced in the past under ENI. Um, so that's this is our really near term focus is to get that into production in the first half of next year. So we got the final um, production concession permit um, just a few months ago. So we're in the process now of building a pipeline um, and uh, and getting a gas plant um, uh, manufactured. And we, we, we're fully funded for it all as well. We own 63% of the of the field. We have a, a great JB partner in the UK. It's a listed company called prospects Energy. Um, and so to put it into context, the size of Selva, it's 380 million cubic meters. Uh, it got valued independently by an expert about say six months ago at 50 million Australian dollars. That's our share. And that's just a proven and probable result that, that's been drilled. Um, and there's pretty good line of sight to, to double that based on our um, contingent resources. And it's very similar geology. so the independent experts said this is a high chance of success. Um, and so th- that's the immediate focus for us is to bring, um, bring silver into production, get that cash flow coming in um, early next year.
0: And over a 12 month period at, at current gas prices, what sort of revenue can you see that bringing in? Yeah, so we would
1: um, think that in, the, in a year, you could be, you know, at a steady state, should be producing something like 35 million cubic meters of gas, um, and at current gas prices, that's about, and that this is a, the contracted um, futures price for 2023, that's about 70 million Australian dollars in revenue. So our share of that's $44 million. Um, and we're talking about pretty high EBITDA margins, north of 90%. Uh, so it's extremely uh, profitable and there should be some very decent um, free cash flows coming to the company. Um, and that's obviously a very, very exciting prospect.
0: And for a, a, a company the size of Po Valley, I mean, their market caps, it's sort of 50 to $60 million. Is that right?
1: That's right. Yeah, currently about 60 million. So clearly we see, we see great opportunity and great upside. I think, you know, the market is well, we're, we're far away from, from the action probably in Australia. And, and we're starting to see with our own gas issues, there's probably a bit more focus on, on even what's happening in Europe. Um, but to put it into context, our uh, joint venture partner has a much higher valuation um, in, in, on the London Stock Exchange, um, and so you know, I think there's a lot more focus probably in Europe. But I'd imagine once the cash is coming in, um, you know, things things might change here, or people will look at us in a different way, rather than just being a um, a developer who's hasn't done been able to to convert it into cash. The only the other thing I'd mention is we, um, you know, 75 to 80 percent, let's say, of the shareholder register is is held by just um, five or six um, key long-term shareholders, so, and, and we're one of them, and we're very much, and I'm talking now as a shareholder, um, probably rather than director, but we're looking forward to, to a return, and I think that's, that's what's um, yeah, keeping our, the shareholder group pretty excited, is, is getting that cash finally coming in.
0: And talk to me about the distance to the grid of the Podamer well. Yeah,
1: very close. It's about one kilometer um, from the grid, so it's very, very straightforward. Um, it's a simple connection into into the grid that's operated by the um, uh, partially government-owned um, enterprise called SNAM. So we obviously have uh, a contracts with them, um, and we're looking into gas contract sales. And um, yeah, so it's, it's a very, it's a very straightforward and small footprint.
0: Um, and will operation. it just be a floating market price for the gas, or will you lock in off-take agreements? What will that look like mechanically?
1: Yeah, so we haven't we haven't actually disclosed that yet. Um, and we you know the, the normal situation there is actually just to be doing a floating, you know, not not fixing your prices. Um, and that's probably most likely, but you know, that's that's something that's for ongoing discussions.
0: And so if po de Mer, all goes well, there's gonna be plenty of cash flow. Running through Po Valley, what will you use that cash flow for?
1: Yeah, so I think, as I said, first and foremost, we've had very long-standing shareholders who are very keen to see see return, and, and the board will have to decide how to use that cash. Um, we will, we do have some drilling that can take place in Selva, as I said, to double that um, field size, but that's you know, but once we take into account our joint venture partner, a pretty small proportion. So you think we'd be in a pretty good position for decent shareholder returns. Um, we do also have another asset, which is an offshore field called Teo Rico. And that's a much bigger asset than Selva, that's about five times larger and at at about um, a million um, cubic meters uh, of gas. But that is um, something that we need to, need to really look at how we, we progress, because it's, it's a much larger footprint. It's offshore. Um, Off the coast of Ravenna, looking at something like 67 million euros of capex um, to get that into production. So that's something that we'd, we've said already. We'll, we'll look for a JV partner or an asset realization strategy. Um, but that asset alone was valued at 88 million dollars by this independent expert. That's net of the um, development costs. Um, but again, that's that's not that's probably too big for for a company of our size and something that we need to monetize. It's um, Despite being given environmental approval in 2021, uh, there's a lawsuit against it brought by an environmental group, um, and Italy's former government brought in some legislation that threw into question whether that could be produced from. Uh, but most recently, the government has said that they want to, as I say, focus on, on the Adriatic, which is where this asset is, um, and, and increase production from there. So once we get some clarity, we can really progress. With that one how we how we monetize it so the, those, those those are probably the key things it's getting silver into cash flow production um then looking at drilling those wells and then monetizing our 100 um 100 holding in this very big uh field called titarico um plenty of room for, for um shareholder returns in that
0: and just more broadly perhaps it, it might be a hard question to answer but uh europe was You know, one of the real leaders in the the ESG movement, which um, I don't know if it made made more sense in a disinflationary environment when all of a sudden there's a high inflationary environment and we're using less dense Mm -hmm. energy sources and people are struggling to pay their bills and and buy food in first world countries, let alone in third world countries. Are you seeing a change in sentiment on the ground, do you think, with the everyday person? Um, that maybe some of the the speed at which we've tried to change energy sources needs to be revised?
1: Yeah, I think that's a, it's a really interesting point. And I, I do think that's the case. And, and you can even just see it with with voting um, and what's happened in the most recent election in Italy, where there's, yeah, we've probably got a bit ahead of ourselves. And I don't think that too many people would disagree that we need to think about how we can have, have our... our world working the best way possible and renewables um, make a lot of sense um, in that way, but probably it will just happen a bit too quickly and, and led to a lot of underinvestment. And you're seeing this just completely impossible increase in prices and it's that's really changes it. It's, it's one thing just, you know, thinking about it theoretically, and, but if you're feeling that pressure in Italy and Europe, it's very different. So I think we've seen that in the way that voting's happened, we've seen that in government policy. Um, such as, as I said, in Italy, talking about doubling national production, which would have really been unheard of for any of the last 10 years or so. Um, so that, that is coming without too much um, backlash. And I think that, yeah, th- those changes need to happen, and, and people need to, and are increasingly accepting, that alongside the, the pathway towards renewables, is having a, a decent amount of gas um, in, in that mix, and not being beholden uh, to other countries that you don't agree with their their ethics or their way of, um, of operating, such as Russia, which happened in the past. So, being master of your own destiny is is much better.
0: Beautiful, Joseph. It's a uh, it's a it's a very interesting story. I look forward to to following it and see how it uh, how it goes with with first gas. Hopefully, coming on in uh, in two thousand and twenty three. Thanks very much for coming on.
1: Absolute pleasure. Thanks very much for having me.
0: It was great to chat. Thanks, mate. This episode of Talk Your Book was proudly brought to you by Honan, who go beyond a transactional insurance broker to deliver better outcomes for their clients. If you're enjoying Talk Your Book, make sure you subscribe to Chris Judd Invest.